0: Good morning and welcome. We're glad that you're here today. I want to take this opportunity to wish all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day. We've got some new mothers this year, and we're grateful for that. How many mothers do we have today? Wow, how many? How many grandmothers? Great grandmothers? I'm afraid to go any further. Wow, you must have gotten started in elementary school. <laughs> We're very grateful for our mothers. Appreciate each and every one of you. No way that we could ever adequately express our gratitude to you for what you mean to us. And we appreciate so much your sacrifices and your love and your patience. And I know that it takes a lot of patience to be, a, to be a mother. I've never been a mother, but I've seen a lot at work. And I know the patience that is needed. We're going to be looking today at Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, we're going to be talking about the road to paradise. Runs through Jesus. I have some friends and family members That I haven't seen in quite some time. Haven't had the opportunity to talk with them. We haven't corresponded in quite some time. But I know where they are. They're not here. They are in paradise. And I look forward to being with them one day. To rekindling. Some old memories. I would imagine that. Many of you have friends and family members that are in paradise. And there's coming a day in which one day we'll all be together. There will be no more goodbyes, no more sad farewells. We'll all be together forever. In Luke chapter 23, we read an account of the death of Jesus. Interestingly, when Jesus was put to death, Luke tells us that there were two other men that were crucified with him. I don't know their names. I don't know anything about them. But I do know this. One of those men had made a mess of his life. Well, actually, both men had made a mess of their lives. But one man reached out to Jesus. And because he reached out to Jesus, today he's in paradise. What that says to me is we may make a mess of things in this world. Our life might not be what it ought to be. But there's hope. That hope is in Jesus. And so as I think about paradise, it just occurs to me that the road to paradise runs through one man, Jesus Christ. I want you to begin with me today as we think about this lesson by first talking about this man's rogue past. He had a past. It was not, as we would say, a pretty one. Listen to what Luke says, beginning in verse 32. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. As we begin thinking about the past in the life of one of these men, I would first call attention to the fact that he was a sinner. The Bible tells us he was a criminal. Some translations speak of him as a malefactor. More specifically, he is identified as a thief. And so he had a sinful past. And then I'm reminded of the fact that he was a selfish man. You might ask the question, how do you know he was selfish? Anyone who is a thief, a criminal, doesn't think about the rights of other people, nor do they think about the property of other people. This guy was, he was a thief, and so in short fashion, he was a sinner, he was a very selfish man, and then I'm reminded of his shame. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree or who is crucified. A very shameful thing to be put to death on a cross. This man had engaged in activities that were unlawful. And because of that, he was being put to death. He was suffering, as we would say, the death penalty. The Persians began the practice of crucifixion. Later, Alexander the Great and the Grecian Empire, they too took up crucifixion. The Romans, however, perfected the art of crucifixion. And their intent was... To put someone to death in the most horrible, excruciating pain possible. So they perfected it. Historians indicate that those who were crucified, they would take a, a spike, a stake, and drive it through the wrist. And then they would drive a stake through the heel. Some have said that a person crucified could live up to maybe 36 hours. The pain would have been enormous. Many who were crucified were first scourged. The scourge itself would have been enough to kill most people. The amount of blood that would be lost the weariness, and then to bear that cross to the place designated. Some have said that the cross crossbar alone weighed some 125 pounds. Helps us, helps us to understand why Jesus fell beneath the weight of that cross. Those who were crucified would literally hang upon that cross and they would surge upward to try to get breath, get a breath. Be a horrible way to die. And so I think about his rogue past and then I can't help but think of the reality of the present. Do you know why this man was being crucified? Because of a lifestyle that he had chosen. The consequences. Sometimes I think what we fail to understand and maybe even appreciate in life is that there's a payday someday. We might think we beat it for a while, but ultimately when it's all said and done, there's a payday someday. Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. This guy was simply reaping the harvest of a lifestyle. I do not know if this particular thief began stealing at an early age. I don't know if at this point in time if he were a young man or an old man. It really makes no difference. But he made choices that led him to that fateful hour. The consequences were enormous. I wonder how many people today are on death row and they sit in a cell 23 hours a day with nothing but time on their hands. They have the opportunity to reflect back upon their life and they can think about past decisions they can think about the mistakes they made and the lifestyle that they chose that put them where they are today. And To know that from where they sit, the end is not going to be a favorable one. The consequences of the thief The Bible also speaks of the criticism by this thief. In Matthew chapter 27, the Bible talks about the elders, the chief priests, and those who were before the cross. They stood before the cross and they would rail out at Jesus. And they would cry out and say, if you're the Son of God, come down from the cross and we'll believe you. And Matthew tells us that the criminals railed on him as well. For a period of time, there were people, particularly these two thieves. They cast their insults into the face of Jesus. They questioned His sonship because, as Matthew notes, they said, if you are the Son of God, He was the Son of God. They questioned His sovereignty because they said, if you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. Could Jesus have come down from the cross had He so chosen to? Yes, He could have. But He chose to die for us. He was willing to subject himself to the will of the Father. As he said in John chapter 6, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the Father. So Jesus had a heaven-sent purpose in life. This man, he attacked Jesus. But over the course of time, interestingly... A change takes place in the life of this thief. First, the Bible says he ceased his attack on Jesus. Pick up with me if you would. In verse 34, Jesus had said from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. They divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with him sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But now if you would, listen to what this fellow says. Luke says that this man answered and rebuked him. And he asked the question, Do you not even fear God? seeing you are are under the same condemnation? He said, we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. He said, but this man has done nothing wrong. Quite a change. You think about a fellow that just hours earlier, had been railing on the Son of God. And now a change is taking place, isn't it? He realizes that Jesus Christ had done nothing worthy of death. So he ceases his attack on Jesus... And then he makes a concise acknowledgement before Jesus. What was that acknowledgement? Verse 41. To the other thief, he said, Look, he said, We are receiving the due reward of our deeds. He understood, he understood he was dying. Because what he had done was worthy of death. But with regard to Jesus, not so. He could look at himself, he could look at the other thief, and he could say, look, we're here because of what we've done. This man, however, he's not done anything wrong. He doesn't deserve to be here. And so his present reality It might be the case that you are where you are in your life today because of things you've done in the past. Maybe good, maybe not so good. But you're where you are because of past choices. That's why it's imperative that we make wise choices in life. There's a third thing I want you to see in our study, and that is the road to paradise. I mentioned a moment ago there was a change that occurred when these men were hanging upon the cross. The Bible tells us that from the sixth to the ninth hour darkness covered the land. One of the thieves... in the long ago, demonstrated repentance. I know the Bible, the text doesn't say anything about repentance, but it's implied. Again, he acknowledges his wrongdoing. He makes mention of the fact that Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. Here's a man that's dying to self dying to sin. Prerequisites to becoming a disciple of Jesus. You remember Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Here's a guy that's willing to die to self, to die to sin. Note, if you would, his request. Lord, remember me, When you come into your kingdom. When Jesus began his earthly ministry. The Bible tells us that his message was very simple and concise. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Jews, the apostles, the disciples of Jesus. They misunderstood the nature of that kingdom didn't they? When Jesus talked about a kingdom they had in mind. An earthly monarchy. But the kingdom Jesus was talking about would be a spiritual institution. He would indeed be a king. He was the king of the Jews. The kingdom that he was talking about was the very same kingdom that Daniel foretold of back in Daniel chapter 2. When he said, The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus, the one that heralded the coming of the Son of God, the Messiah that pointed people in the direction of Jesus, his message was that of repentance. And the reason, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 3 that those who were in Jerusalem and Judea and beyond the Jordan went out to him Confessing their sins and were baptized in the River Jordan. In light of the fact that this this thief, this fella, says to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom, seems to indicate to me that he had heard something about a kingdom, had to have had some knowledge about Jesus. It may have been the case that some of the things that he had heard about Jesus, some of the things that had been told or reported to him about Jesus, that would be the miracles that he performed. Maybe they began to resonate. Quite possibly. I'm just saying this is a possibility. Who knows? He might have heard Jesus. Maybe he dismissed him and said nothing to him, just like a lot of folks did. I don't know. But I know this. Over the course of several hours, his whole demeanor changed. His whole thought process about Jesus changed, didn't it? From someone who was dying a common death, an ordinary man, to somebody far different, somebody very special. Look at verse 43. In verse 43, Jesus said, To this thief, Assuredly, I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus here is saying that before the day is out, we'll be together in one place, a place called paradise. Luke, in recording the rich man and Lazarus, identifies this place as Abraham's bosom. It is the abode of the righteous. Those who die in Christ, those who are God's people, that's where they go when they die. Jesus here affirming to this man, you'll be with me in paradise. Very quickly, Jesus gave his life. It was Jesus that said to the Father, Into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus died before the thieves did. John tells us that the soldiers came and broke the legs of these two thieves. They used a hammer or some type of mallet to break the legs. Now you think about the pain that they've already experienced up until this point. And now their legs are being crushed or broken. And the reason for that was to hasten their death. I mentioned a moment ago that when someone was crucified, they would have to try to push themselves up to get oxygen. The breaking of the legs would make it impossible to do that. And so they would suffocate. Death would come. Now there are a lot of folks that have a lot of questions and sometimes people will ask the question, well, what about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized into Christ. Well, first I would say, based on what Matthew records in chapter 3, he very well may have been baptized according to the baptism of John. And secondly... He died under the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Dispensation. We're under the law of Christ today, the last will and testament of Jesus, Hebrews 9, 15 through 17. And then thirdly, in Mark chapter 2, verse 10, and really this is the definitive point, I think, Jesus said, "...but that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins." This man was in paradise because Jesus forgave him. Those today, all today, who want to be saved have to respond to the gospel as outlined by what the New Testament teaches. We have to hear the gospel because the Bible says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And based on that faith that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, verse 24, we repent of every sin. Jesus made that clear in Luke 13, 3. He said, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. And then we confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible then instructs us to be baptized into Christ so that every sin can be washed away, Acts 22, verse 16. The beauty of this account as reported is that here was a guy that quite literally made a mess of his life. I mentioned a moment ago I don't know anything about his family. I don't know anything about his friends. I don't know anything about him. But I know that in a very short period of time he came to understand that the road to paradise, that road is accessible through one man, it's Jesus. That hasn't changed. It might be that you have friends and family members that are in paradise now. It could be, could be the case that they've been there for a long time. I would want you to know that they're safe and secure in the arms of Christ. The Bible says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. What's important today is that you realize and that all of us realize that we want to be in paradise one day. Paradise is the abode of the righteous. When Jesus comes, He will come with His saints for His saints. And we'll go home to be with Him forevermore in a place called heaven. If you don't have that hope today, I would encourage you to make the decision today to obey the gospel, to come to Christ. If you're here today and maybe you're not faithful like you ought to be, We're here to help you, not hurt you. We want to encourage you to come home, to realize that God wants you home, and we'd love to have you home. The Bible says if we confess our faults, that He is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Could we encourage you to come as we stand and sing?